0: Hello and welcome to the Forward Progress Football Podcast, episode 30. I'm your host, Zach Party, and today we're going to be continuing our Who Are They series in the NFC North with the third team, the Green Bay Packers. Let's get right on into it. All right. So in case you're new here, what we do this offseason is go over each team position by position, breaking down their roster, um, talking about what I think of each position group. And then at the end of the video, I talk about Uh, their floor and ceiling for wins what i see them optimistically and pessimistically doing a i talk about their over under win total set by vegas um and talk about whether or not i think you should go the over or the under on that and then i'll talk about their biggest strength and biggest weakness as a team at the end of this whole series i'm going to be doing a whole season projection um talking about wins and losses for each and every team record prediction as well as a season's award prediction and a playoff prediction and then that should take us right up to the nfl kickoff where i'll start breaking down each game every game and yeah let's get right on into the breakdown of the green bay packers so kicking things off as always we're going to be starting off with the quarterbacks where they have aaron Rodgers, jordan love and danny etling so rogers is one of the league's best quarterback and he proved that to everyone by winning back-to-back mvps With elite accuracy, decision making, arm talent, and play under pressure, he may very well be the most talented quarterback to ever play the position. He also has an uncanny ability to avoid interceptions as he hasn't hit double digits since 2010, with six being his highest in the past five years. However, with the departure of Devontae Adams, he will be without a dominant number one receiver for the first time since 2015 when Jordy Nelson went down in the preseason with a torn ACL. That season was one of his worst seasons as a starter. It was still a good one, but below his standards for sure. We saw his yardage, yards per attempt, completion percentage, and touchdowns drop while his interceptions went up. Now this year, Rodgers will be playing with one of the worst wide receiver cores in the whole league. I don't think he will win his third straight MVP, but I still do think he'll be able to finish as a top 5 quarterback despite turning 39 in December. Jordan Love was drafted in the first round in 2020 to be the heir apparent to what looked like to be a declining Rodgers. Then, everyone knows what would happen next. Rodgers wanted out of Green Bay, but stayed and won back-to-back MVPs and recently signed a four-year extension. Rodgers has said that he doesn't want to play much into his 40s, but it's starting to become a real question if we will ever see Jordan Love be the PAX franchise leader. The young quarterback has incredible arm talent and athleticism, just has plenty of things he needs to work on mechanically and seeing the field better. Many saw him as Patrick Mahomes with less upsides and more flaws, so Green Bay hoped under the tutelage of Rodgers that Love could reach that ceiling, however he has looked far from it when he has had playing time so far. In his defense, his one start was in Kansas City, one of the most hostile away environments, but he needs to show some development in any appearances he'll get next year if he wants a shot starting for any team in this league. Edling was drafted in 2018 in the 7th round but has yet to play bouncing around as a backup so far. For running backs they have Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, Kylan Hill, Patrick Taylor, Tyler Goodson, and B.J. Baylor. Jones has been amazing for the Packers providing incredible value for a 5th round pick in 2017. It took him a few years to earn the starting gig but once he did he never looked back. He's a great runner and also one of the best receiving backs in the league, lining up in the slot or out wide often to create mismatches. He was the second most targeted player in this offense last year and may honestly be this team's best receiving threat barring a breakout from one of these receivers. Dylan is the thunder to Jones' lightning. The quad father was drafted in the second round in 2020 to be this team's running back of the future. Many were surprised when the Packers re-signed Jones last offseason, but last year showed how they can both be used effectively. Dylan is a powerful runner, the better true running back of the two, and is able to get this team the tough yardage and be a bell cow if needed. He's not the route runner that Jones is, but he's able to catch screens and checkdowns and turn up field fast for a big gain. This combo is probably the best 1-2 punch in the league, and it looks like this team will be leaning into running the ball and tough defense with Rodgers being the little cherry on top. Hill was taken a 7th last year, but only saw a couple of snaps. Taylor went undrafted two years ago and appeared in a handful of games as a 6'3", 220 pound power back, and then Goodson and Baylor are both UDFAs from this season. Alright, so now it's time to get into this wide receiver core. They have Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, Amari Rodgers, Juwan Winfrey, Malik Taylor, Samori Toure, And Danny Davis. So either Rodgers is gonna work some magic or people are gonna try to discredit the 38 year old four-time MVP for having a down year with Sammy Watkins as his number one. Watkins looked like he was gonna be an elite receiver for Buffalo putting up a thousand yards and nine touchdowns in 13 games in 2015 after being taken fourth overall the year before. However injuries have haunted the talented receiver completely derailing his career. He was traded to the Rams in 2017 and signed with the Chiefs in 2018 and spent last year with the Ravens. He has one game a year where you see that talent shine through, typically week 1, but then disappears for stretches after that. If he can stay healthy he can be a decent complementary weapon, but that's becoming a bigger and bigger if as he gets older and sustains even more injuries. And I don't think he can be a number one for a team anymore sadly as he has the talent but the injuries have clearly taken some of his juice. Lazard is going to be one of the only receivers Rodgers will trust, at least at the beginning of this year. Much of Rodgers' success comes from that elite chemistry he's able to form with his receivers to complete back shoulders and other anticipatory throws. At 6'5 with 4.55 speed, Alan Lazard will likely be the one on the receiving ends of a lot of these throws, but he's not a speed threat or good separator like Adams was able to be. We'll see if Rodgers can pull the best out of him but I think Lazard should be the three at best ideally number four but he's right now either going to be this number one or number two for this team Cobb will be the other receiver heavily targeted at least early on in the season the slot receiver is getting up there in age as he'll be 32 when the season starts and he struggled with injuries recently but when he's on the field he has still been a good option and has that ever so important rapport with Rodgers if he can avoid injuries, I wouldn't be surprised if he finished as this team's most targeted receiver. Christian Watson is what really gives this room some hope. The 6'4", 210-pound receiver ran a 6 40 and was 91st and 99th percentile in his vertical and broad jump, respectively. He's also a shifty athlete despite his size. However, he struggled with drops and contested catches while playing against FCS competition. The second round rookie will need to hit the jugs machine and really earn Rogers' trust before he sees a lot of targets. I think early on we may hardly see him, but as the season progresses, we'll see Watson slowly take that MVS role as he develops and hopefully exceeds what MVS brought before. I wouldn't be surprised though if Dubs had the better rookie season than Watson. Dubs was taken in the fourth round out of Nevada and was a good deep threat and number one receiver for the team. At 6'2", 200, he has the physical mold of a number one type and didn't struggle as much with drops as Watson did. He'll also be dealing with a spike in competition going from the Mountain West to the NFL, but he definitely, I think, has a chance to hit the ground running here and a thinner receiving core. Omari Rodgers was Renfro's replacement in Clemson and looked to have a similar impact in the NFL. However, this team traded for Cobb, so Rodgers hardly saw the field last year. Maybe in year two, the shifty slot can find a the field a bit more as he has top 5 to 10 slot receiver potential just needs to get the targets and more playing time to achieve that. Winfrey is another one of these big bodies who doesn't separate much that Green Bay always seems to fall in love with but it will be tough for him to see the field or anyone else to even make this roster unless they want to carry 7 receivers. Taylor also fits this kind of mold um, hardly playing yet at 6'3", 220 pounds. And then Toure was drafted in the seventh round this year out of Nebraska and will likely be a practice squad guy year one just due to do the... There are six established receivers, even though none of them are typically high-end. There's six guys who I think are pretty locked to make the roster. And then Davis is a UDFA out of this class. So for tight ends, they have Robert Tanyan, Mercedes Lewis, Josiah Deguara, Tyler Davis, Dominique Daphne, Eli Wolfe, and Elise Mack. Tanyan exploded onto the scene with almost 600 yards and 11 touchdowns in 2020. He proved to be a reliably open red zone threat, but honestly isn't too much more than that. He isn't some plus-athlete or crazy contested catch target. Last year, he had 200 yards and 2 touchdowns through 8 games before tearing his ACL. He should be back by the start of the season, but I would be surprised if he was anywhere close to as productive as he was in 2020. Mercedes Lewis was taken in the first round back in 2006 by the Jags. In 2019, he became the first player taken in the first round to receive a touchdown pass from Rodgers. Which is just crazy, the talent they've surrounded Rodgers with. Um, at this point in his career, he's mostly a blocking tight end, but he can and will probably still catch a couple passes out of necessity at 38 years old now. Deguara was taken in the third round of 2020 to be a flex H-back type, like he used check in San Francisco. So far he's dealt with injuries and hasn't played too well when on the field, seeing most of his time as a backup tight end rather than that H-back role. Now entering year 3 with a desperate need for receiving threats, DeGuar needs to step it up whether it's at H-back or tight end. Davis was drafted in the 6th round in 2020 by the Jags and so far has mostly seen his uh, action as a blocking tight end. Daphne went undrafted in 2020, but also blocking more than receiving so far. Wolf went undrafted in 2020, but hasn't played yet. And Mack was drafted in the seventh round of 2019, also not playing yet. So, along their offensive line, their starters project to be David Bakhtiari, John Runyon, Josh Myers, Royce Newman, and Elton Jenkins, with Josh Neiman, Rashid Walker, Cole Van Lennon, and Caleb Jones backing up at tackle. Sean Ryan, Zach Tom, and George Moore backing up at guard, and Jake Hansen, Michael Menett, and Cole Schneider backing up at the center. Fakiari missed most of last year, but when he has been healthy, he's been the best pass protecting tackle in the league. Hopefully, he doesn't keep struggling with injuries as he towards ACL in 2020 and missed most of last year, other than the playoffs and week 18, and he will be turning 31 this season. Neiman went undrafted in 2019 and saw some starts last year at left tackle and played pretty well as a backup. Hopefully Bakhtiari doesn't miss more time, but if he does, Neiman can at least hold his own there. Then Walker was taken in the 7th round out of Penn State this year. Ronyan was taken in the 6th round in 2020 and started all of last year. He played well despite injuries mixing up this whole line all year. Hopefully in year 2 as a starter with more stability around him, he can play at the same level or even better now. And then Ryan was taken in the third round out of UCLA this year. He likely won't start, but could develop into a starter down the line. Myers was taken in the second round last year out of Ohio State, but missed most of his rookie season with injuries. He did play well when out there, so hopefully he can keep developing and stay healthy this year. Hansen was taken in the sixth round in 2020, but has only seen a small amount of snaps so far. And then Mennett was taken in the seventh round last year by the Cardinals, not playing as a rookie, and Schneider is a UDFA from this class. Newman was taken in the fourth round last year and had an up and down rookie season. His position is at least solidified, with him and the rookies Ryan and Tom all having a realistic shot to start here at right guard. If Newman can weed out the bad games he had from last year, he did have some solid starts and some reason for optimism. Zach Tom has a shot of being another Elton Jenkins for this team. The fourth round rookie out of Wake Forest excelled at tackle there last year but also played center back in 2019. His positional flexibility can help this team plug any holes, similarly how Jenkins so far has helped this team. I wouldn't be surprised if down the line Tom looks like a player who should have been taken much much earlier. And then more is a UDFA from this class. Jenkins was taken in the second round in 2019 and has excelled at every position along the offensive line. He played left tackle last year and looked great there before going down with injuries. Hopefully he can stay healthy and be a stud right tackle for this team this year or wherever they need him to play. Having a player like this is incredible value as he helps this team put their 5 best linemen out on the field at once. Then Van Lennon was taken the 6th round last year and saw only one snap at guard position and Jones the UDFA from this class. So for their interior defensive linemen they have Kenny Clark, Jerron Reed, Devonte Wyatt, Dean Lowry, TJ Slayton. Jack Heflin, Jonathan Ford, Chris Slayton, Kyle Byers, and Hauati Putuau. Kenny Clark is one of the best nose tackles in the league, either him or Vita Vea. At 6'3, 314, he is able to play in the middle of the line and eat up blocks against the run, while also having incredible power to be a force against the pass, generating 64 pressures last year. Reed has been an underrated pass rushing 3 Tech throughout his time in Seattle and then last year with Kansas City. Now, he'll be playing next to the most talent he's ever had around him in his career and could easily have a career year. Wyatt was taken in the first round out of that legendary Georgia defense this draft. He was the best interior rusher there and with a good D-line group here, he should be able to be a designated pass rusher early in his career while he develops a bit more strength. Although many wanted a receiver here in round 1 for the Packers, with everyone left on the board, Wyatt may prove to be the best value of this spot. With all that help around him, he can continue to contribute to a scary defensive line. Lowry has been a good pass rusher for this team with 42 pressures and six sacks last year. I wouldn't be surprised if he outsnapped Reed and or Wyatt due to his familiarity with this team, but he'll definitely be another contributing factor here in this rotation that should all be able to stay fresh and dominant. Slayton was taken in the fifth round last year as someone who could rotate with Clark at nose tackle. At 6'5", 340, he fits the physical mold and should see a lot of early down work to keep Clark a bit more fresh for those passing downs. Heflin went undrafted last year but didn't play too much as a rookie. Ford was taken in the 7th round this draft out of Miami. Slayton was taken in the 7th round by the Giants in 2019 but hasn't seen any snaps yet. Byers and Putu Tau are both UDFAs from this class. So for edge defenders, they have Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Kingsley Nagburi, Randy Ramsey, Jonathan Garvin, Kobe Jones, Ladarius Hamilton, and Chauncey Manick. Gary came on late in 2020 and established himself as a number 1 last year with 81 pressures and 10 sacks. The 2019 first round pick was viewed as a reach by many, but his physical tools have now shined through and he's one of the best power rushers in the league. Smith had a career year last year with 62 pressures and 9 sacks. He's a great number 2 who can win those 101's that are created with the presence of Gary and Clark. And he also has some flexibility to drop into coverage, creating just another thing the defense has to worry about. And Agri was a great pass rusher in the SEC last year, and to get him in the 5th round could be an absolute steal. This team doesn't have much depth at edge, so he could see a lot of snaps sooner rather than later. He was far better as a rusher than a run defender, so he'll likely see most of his snaps as pass rush reps. But he can be effective in that role, and that would be well worth the 5th round pick. Ramsey went undrafted in 2019, not playing last year, and only seeing a few unproductive snaps the year before. Galei was drafted in 2020 and played a bit last year, looking much better against the run than the pass. Garvin was taken in the 7th round in 2020 and saw a good amount of snaps as a rotational pass rusher last year, racking up 25 pressures and 2 sacks. Jones went undrafted last year but didn't play. Hamilton went undrafted 2 years ago, getting a handful of snaps so far but not doing much, and Manic is a UDFA from this class. So for linebackers, they have Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker, Isaiah McDuffie, Chris Barnes, Ty Summers, Ray Wilburn, Ellis Brooks, and Khalif Price. Campbell was an alright linebacker for his first 5 years with Atlanta and Arizona. So for him to look like the best linebacker in the league last year and earn first team all pro honors was shocking. Linebackers are very scheme dependent and it looks like Campbell has found the scheme that fits him perfectly. I expect some natural regression from his amazing play last year but I do still expect him to play like a top 10 linebacker. Wonker is a big fast linebacker who is very similar to Devondre Campbell. Hopefully the scheme can bring the most out of him in a similar way and if so this will easily be the best linebacker duo in the league. He does only have 1 year starting experience so it may take him a minute to be less reactive and more proactive but once he does watch out. McDuffie was taken in the 6th round last year as an undersized linebacker with good athleticism. Barnes went undrafted in 2020 but started much of last year due to the Packers constantly ignoring this position. He didn't play too well and will likely be a backup player, probably seeing more early down snaps than passing downs. Summers was taken in the 7th round 2019 and is a good athlete but so far has not been impressive when on the field. Wilborn went undrafted in 2020 but hasn't played yet and Brooks and Bryce are both UDFAs from this class. So, for cornerbacks, they have Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, Rasul Douglas, Keyshawn Nixon, Shamir Jean Charles, Rico Gafford, Keandre Thomas, Kabian Ento, and Riley Texada. Jair is the second best corner in the league. He has elite speed and the best short area quickness at the position, allowing him to match receivers and break on balls with incredible speed. With him back healthy, this defense won't have to worry about his side or part of the field. I wonder though with Stokes and Douglas if he is going to play more of that Jalen Ramsey star role playing all over the field following the, sl- um, following the number one receiver around playing in the slot and outside. Many thought Stokes was a reach taken in the first round last year out of Georgia. At 6-1 with low 4-3 speed though, he proved many people wrong at least in year one. He was good at a position where many rookies struggled so that gives some hope that he can be even better this year with some development and Jair being back healthy. Douglas was on multiple practice squads to start last year before being one of the league's best corners. The almost 27-year-old came completely out of nowhere and helped supplement the loss of Jair for this team, snagging 5 interceptions and only allowing 300 yards. None of these top 3 corners, as I said, have much experience in the slot, so we'll have to see how all three will see the field at once because they all definitely deserve to. Nixon went undrafted in 2019 and played his best ball last year with the Raiders. Um, playing pretty well when called upon from the slot. Sean Charles was drafted last year in the fifth round and saw a handful of snaps as a slot player. Gafford went undrafted in 2018, and when the Raiders eventually picked him up, they used him as a receiver as well as a backup corner. He actually hasn't played any corner snaps yet, but the Packers are listing his primary position at corner. I definitely wouldn't be surprised, though, to see him get a couple of snaps um, running the go route, though, just because he is that killer speed threat. Thomas went undrafted last year but didn't play, Ento went undrafted in 2019 and hasn't played yet, and Tixada is a UDFA from this class. So for safeties, they have Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, Sean Davis, Vernon Scott, Tariq Carpenter, Enos Gaines, and Trey Sterling. Adrian Amos might be the best safety in the league, and yet no one ever talks about him. Since being taken in the fifth round by the Bears in 2015, He has been a consistently safe safety, not giving up big plays and being a great compliment to those around him. He's never talked about because he doesn't really create many splash plays himself but he's always there in the correct position so Amos forces the quarterback to look away from him and force it elsewhere. Wherever he goes the secondary seems to thrive and since he's left Chicago that defense does not look the same without him while the Packers have turned and now look incredible. Savage was taken in the first round of 2019 to be like Eddie Jackson for this defense. He's yet to have that true breakout, but is still a good above average safety that helps round off the secondary and is a great athlete. Um, he definitely has a shot of breaking out big time this season. Davis was taken in, by the Colts last year in the fifth round, but didn't play. Scott was taken in the seventh round in 2020 and played a bit as a rookie, but not at all last year. Carpenter was taken in the seventh round this year out of Georgia Tech. Gaines went undrafted last year but hasn't played any defensive snaps yet and Sterling is a UDFA from this season. So for special teams they have Mason Crosby and Gabe Berchick competing at kicker, Pat O'Donnell at punter, and Steve Rutell and Jack Coco competing at long snapper. Crosby has been up and down as a kicker throughout his career being reliable most of the time, but having some r- horrific stretches since being taken in the 6th round in 2007. He has some competition this year with UDFA Berchick after only hitting 72% of his field goals last season. O'Donnell has been a good punter for the Bears since being taken in the 6th round in 2014. Nothing special, but not bad. And then Wortel was the Packers' long snappers last year and will compete with Coco for the starting gig this season. Alright, so now this is when I get into my whole season projection, I'm going to talk about their floor and ceiling as a team, what can go wrong, what can go right, uh, talk about their Vegas over-under, whether or not I think it's a smart bet to go over or under, and then this team's biggest strength and biggest weakness. So, pessimistically, I see the floor of this team as 9-8, and eight. they're still going to be a good squad, and if they miss the playoffs, I will be 100% shocked, like... Even at 9 and 8 I think in this NFC you could sneak into the playoffs but if they don't get double digit wins that will be completely surprising for me. But some things that can go wrong is not even Aaron Rodgers can overcome this receiving core and he puts up one of his worst career years. These running backs, they're going to be good but maybe not one of those rare attacks that can actually win games. Sammy Watkins is this team's number one and he doesn't have a 100 plus yard game other than in week one. Lazard still can't separate and the chemistry with Rodgers isn't enough to overcome that. Cobb struggles with injuries again and looks old out there and none of the other young guys are able to step it up in years one or two. Tanya looks like his 2020 was a one year wonder and DeWar can't take that step up in year three. This O-line struggles with the injuries and or the youth in the interior plays poorly. This defense is going to play well, but maybe not well enough. These rookies can't hit the ground running, so instead of potentially being the best defense in the league, they're only around like top 5 to 10. This pass rush should be nasty barring injuries or regression as maybe the depth on honesty isn't the greatest, but there definitely is a real possibility that Campbell can't repeat his success and rookie linebackers struggle every year. So watch out for some regression in the linebacking room. The secondary, they're going to be just fine, but there is a chance that they are weak in the slot as their top three cornerbacks are all outside guys so far in their career optimistically though i definitely see this team competing for the one seed um they can go 14 and 3 i'm kind of putting that as the ceiling just because there's so much variance and with a weak receiving core i think that will hold them back in some games but rogers definitely can work his magic once again and put himself in that mvp conversation for what he's able to do with these receivers this running attack can be one of the very few that win games with a lethal combo of Jones and Dillon each having a thousand plus scrimmage yards. Watson and or Dubs I could see step it up as a rookie and eventually work their way up to being number one by the end of the season with Watkins playing a complimentary role and Cobb being good from the slot. Tanyan proves me wrong and shows that his 2020 wasn't just a fluke and maybe DaGuars takes a step up either at fullback or tight end. This O-line stays healthy and is one of the best in the league with the youth in the interior coming along really nicely. This pass is the best in the league and they're also exceptional against the run. And then what's better than Campbell repeating his performance from last year? Having a bigger, faster, younger clone of him playing right next to him and that's what Campbell and Walker can be to form the best linebacker duo in the league. The secondary can be absolutely locked down. With no weak links and every position having a stud in it and this defense is far and away the best in the league like i definitely see that being a possibility where we look back and we're like wow this is historic defense comparing it to the legion of boom but no fly zone 85 bears like they have this potential so that's when we get into the over under and they're set at 11 and a half right now honestly if you asked me earlier I was very tempted to say under because this receiving group just looks so poor. But then I looked over the defense again and this rushing attack, um, this O-line, the whole team as a whole. And I realized that this throwback run and D style team could just work. As unlike most teams that rely on the ground game and elite defense, they have one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. Instead of relying on Rodgers to carry the squad like they have in years past, um, which is how I was looking at it at first. They're going to use Rodgers as a weapon to complement this team. Looking at their schedule, they should go at least 4-2 in their division. Um, their powerhouse is once again, and the division isn't the strongest. Like If we're looking at ceilings, they, all the teams have kind of nice ceilings, but not every team is going to hit their ceilings, so I kind of think 4-2 and two is very achievable for this squad. Um, they play the NFC East, which is volatile, but 3-4 to four wins there is definitely not far-fetched. Um, they also play the AFC East, which I think they should win at least two of those games, and I think that their run-the-ball-and-play defense style counters more of the modern approaches that these AFC teams are leaning into. So, two-plus wins there. Um, the Rams, Titans, and Bucks, definitely no slouches, but they could realistically win any of those games. Like, I could definitely be, see them being favored in at least one, maybe two of those games. Um, this is why I, I'm looking over every team though before giving my official record projection which I'm doing at the end of this whole series because despite Rodgers being one of my favorite quarterbacks ever I was fully ready to say that they would only win 10 or 11 games but now man I I think they have like a realistic shot of being the best team in this league. One of the reasons is the biggest strength on this roster um, being the secondary. This secondary may be one of the greatest we've ever seen. Jair is a top two corner, and Stokes looked great as a rookie. And then Douglas was one of the best in the league last year. Savage is definitely a bit of a wild card, but I think his floor this year is the 20th best safety, which definitely is still top half if we're counting all 64 starting safeties, not like 32 or 32. Um, Amos, he's going to be the glue piece that is secretly a top three safety in this league. The secondary combined with this nasty pass rush and good run defense, along with maybe the linebackers taking, like, continuing to take strides forwards. um, Dude, this defense is going to be scary. But that brings me to this biggest weakness. The one thing that I think will hold this team back are their wide receivers. These wideouts are the only thing that gives me pause. I think Rodgers definitely can elevate them to look a bit better than they are, but someone would need to be a number one go-to guy for him and I just don't know who that would be just because I don't think the rookies are going to develop that chemistry and I don't think anyone else on this roster they've proved who they are they aren't those guys um the modern NFL is all about the passing game so while I definitely think this team is one of the best out there how far can they really go if they can't rely on their pass catchers All right, so that's going to do it for this episode. Um, I actually had a lot of fun going into this one because they are such a different Green Bay Packers than what we're used to throwing the ball around. They're going to be a run-and-D style team, and that kind of makes me really excited. Um, Let me know what you guys think. Do you think that they will be this run-and-D, or they're going to try to be more pass-happy like Rodgers is typically? Um, If you're on YouTube, leave a like, comment, subscribe. Help me hit the algorithm. Um, Helps push out the video to other NFL fans like you. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you might be, leave a five star review. Only way for me to help get the podcast out. And yeah, we'll see you on Monday.